I'm not afraid of a whole lot of things, but but there are certain things that do scare me. Like, I remember watching a movie one time as a kid about this giant man, and he was like as big as a telephone pole, and I like freaked out. I dreamed about that for like months. Um, even the Jolly Green Giant scared me as a kid. You know, I know it was about the green beans, but it was bigger than that to me. But there is a, a, a guy in the Bible named Goliath that would be a pretty scary dude to fight. And we are wrapping up our TripAdvisor series. The series itself, if you're new around here all summer, we've been looking at people's stories in the Bible that took a journey somewhere. It might have just been a a walk down a road. It might have been into a house. It might have been Jonah in a boat. But they went somewhere. But today we're looking at a familiar story that we call David and Goliath. Now, David took an an interesting journey. First of all, let me set this up by saying, David is a kid. He's a shepherd boy. And he's tending sheep, and his dad says, why don't you send some food and supplies to your brothers who are fighting in the battle against the Philistines. It's called the Israelites, who were God's people, the Philistines, who were not God's people. They were the enemy. So David packs his stuff up and goes to the front lines and he finds this massive man named Goliath and he's basically defying the armies of Israel. Don't let the story be so familiar that you don't hear some of the nuggets today that I want to talk about. At the very end of the story, something really weird happens. When David is about to face Goliath, The Bible says this, if you have a Bible, 1 Samuel 17, just leave it flipped open. I'm going to be referring to it all morning. But in verse 48, and we'll read this later, it says, As Goliath moved closer to attack David, David ran out to meet him. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm never in a hurry to die. I'm not one to run out. Goliath is this massive warrior who's been fighting since he was a kid. Basically grew up, groomed to be the warrior that he had become. He's been threatening Israel. And David basically runs out to meet him. What happened in the journey from the sheep that he was tending to bring supplies to the front line And the story that allowed him to muster up enough faith and enough courage to actually run out to meet the giant. Today I want to talk about our giants. I want to talk about the giants that we have in our lives because I believe they are very, very real. I hope you will take seriously these moments that we have together because God's been doing some powerful things all weekend so far. What is a giant in your life? A giant is anything that controls you. Anything that weakens you. Anything that intimidates you, mocks you. It can be an addiction in your life. And it started out as just something simple, but now it's hard to live without it. I need this or I crave this. A giant 
might be in your life that's not a sin at all. It might be that you're polarized by fear or you are a worrier. Anxiety locks you out and you are intimidated by the world we live in. And you don't have freedom to move and do the stuff that God wants you to do. Giants can be involved in relationships that are controlling and harsh. Relationships gone bad where there's anger that has been birthed in your heart at someone who's been very mean to you. And if you're not careful, that disdain can turn to bitterness. And all of a sudden there's hatred. And it's like a daily grind in your life. That's a giant. That's a giant that you need to slay. It's a giant that you need to take out. These armor, This armor that we have up on stage today with the sword and the spears. Uh, amazing. It can be very intimidating when you look at this stuff and you think, Wow, this stuff could pierce me. This stuff could kill me. That's the enemy in the world And he wants to drive you down to nothing. See, it's very real. It's very real, this idea of battle. Number one in your outline, I've got a lot of blanks, so let's start writing, okay? I must know that I'm in a battle. That's that's the first thing we have to start with today, is I must know that I am in a real battle. The Bible says that our battle is not flesh and blood. What does that mean? The Ephesians passage. It means it's not just person to person, but it's about the principalities, the powers of the air. It's about the enemy of your soul who wants to come and attack you and push you away from godly things and keep you living in the world and keep your mind locked out of heavenly things. So it's imperative for us to understand we're in a battle. This is a real physical battle going on here in 1 Samuel 17. Let me just set it up by reading verse 3 and some following. Follow along. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills, with the valley between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was a giant of a man, measuring over nine feet tall. Like, I'm 6'4", I can't even imagine. I've never met anybody nine feet tall. I have to jump to touch something nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. That weighed 125 pounds. Some of you don't even weigh that much. He also wore bronze leggings. Ladies, that has nothing to do with the leggings that you wear. He slung a bronze javelin over his back. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. An armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a huge shield. Goliath stood and shouted across to the Israelites, Do you need a whole army to settle this? Choose someone to fight for you, and I will represent the Philistines. We will settle this dispute in a single combat. If your man is able to kill me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel. That was a big mistake. That was a big mistake. That's going to come back to cause his head to be off of his body. Send me a man who will fight with me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they attacked him and took him down to the ground. No, 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 no. No, what does it say? They were what? They were terrified. They were deeply shaken. Giants are scary and they cause you to shrivel up and shrink back 
This is a powerful thing that's happening here. Because this isn't just one morning Goliath has this idea. And some people forget this, and some people don't even know this part of the story. But let me tell you what's happening. For 40 days so far, when David gets there, it's been 40 days that every morning Goliath comes out to the valley and makes this announcement. And then again, in the evening, he comes back and makes it again. Every day for 40 days. Now think about what that does to you if you're an Israelite. I mean, I'm sure there's discussion in the camp going, man, why don't you go fight that guy? This is getting old. And then they're saying, well, you go fight him. Well, I don't think I can beat him. And there's a responsibility here because if you don't win, you're causing all of your comrades to become slaves. So there's, there's not just pressure on you to win. There's pressure for the whole nation. And I don't, I don't think any of us in here would want to go fight him. He was intimidating. He was a warrior. He knew what he was doing. But that's exactly what happens in our lives when our enemy gets a hold in us and he presses us in the morning and he presses us in the evening and he pushes us again tomorrow and he intimidates us again tomorrow and he belittles us and we feel smaller and smaller and the financial pressure is too great. We're a little tiny piece of something in the corner and our enemy wants us to feel small. The word cancer has got me backed into a corner. This relationship is beyond repair. I can't believe it. This disease caught me off guard. This habit is beating me and I can't stop. It's a giant. And giants are tough to slay. But they can be killed and destroyed. Here's the deal though. You can't do it. David knew the secret to fighting the giant. And we're about to see what it is because it matters. Number two, I may need to ask some awkward questions. Now, this this story gets fascinating to me with this young kid named David. He's, He's amazing. Verse 26, the second part of that verse, is David talking and he says, Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? His, his first, the, he's taking this personal, not just because he physically wants to go fight the guy, I doubt he does, but he recognizes that Goliath is insulting the God of Israel. And that is not okay with David. And so suddenly David has this mustered up strength that comes out of what I believe is his spirit man. You guys, please hold on to this. The only way you can fight the giant is through your spirit man. And this spirit man rises up in him, and it it coughs something out. It's like, who are you anyway? You're a Philistine, and you're making fun of the gods of Israel. Do you understand who our God is? No, he didn't understand, and he would pay a price for it. Goliath would. We may need to ask some questions of our own lives, like, what is taking control of my life? What is slowly changing me into the person I don't want to be? And it's usually a process Why am I allowing this to nag me in my mind every day, night and day? Why can't I sleep anymore? What's on my mind? This is a giant. I've got to win. How did I end up in this place? What will it take for me to fight back? How can I conquer this giant in my life? These are questions that I want you to ask today because we probably all have some form of a giant in our lives. And it gets tricky. Number three, I may offend people without even trying. How many of you, that's pretty much your life anyway? Just, okay, 
<laughs> you just offend people without even trying to. Well, this can happen by a lot of ways, but we're about to see the story take a twist to something interesting. I call it Big Brother Bully. Verse 28. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. And notice what he says. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep? How many think that's an insult? You think it's intended as an insult? Yes, it is. Okay, You guys are so smart. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of, little boy, punk kid? I know about your pride and dishonesty. You just wanted to come and see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. Do you get the idea that this is not the first time this has been discussed? This is, this is a situation that is escalating. And there's a sibling rivalry here. And David has lived under the thumb of Eliab. And who knows what all has happened. The Bible doesn't give us a lot of insight on it, but it's real. I was only asking a question. Then he walks over to some others. I, I, I like the fact that he just left Eliab standing there. See, I don't need that anymore. Gone. He went over to some others. Asked the same thing. Received the same answer. So David's question was reported to King Saul. Uh-oh. And the king sent for him. You know... When you start talking about solutions and you start talking about facing giants, it's going to get the attention of people because you know why? Not that many are able to slay their giant. So King Saul has an interest now. David is willing to overcome the anger of his brother. Think about this. He's able to listen to the voice of God rather than the voice of his brother or his past. This might be the first giant some of you have to face. You might never get to the real giant because you're listening to the voice of another giant that won't even let you get there. You following what I'm saying in that? Tell them hi for us. <laughs> it's fascinating to me that when this happens, you have these moments where David has to push through the ridicule. You know, he's got to push through this, this, through this mockery. I, I better be listening to the right voice if I'm going to slay the giant. And that means everything. That's so vitally important. David got out of away from Eliab, and he walked over to some other people. That's huge. The giants in your life will keep pushing you down, keep pushing you down, keep pushing you down. Our world wants to diminish you into nothing. Do you know, one of the, I was reading some statistics this week. I couldn't believe inferiority and insecurity are some of the biggest things people deal with in their life. And it, it, it causes them to cease being who they really are. And they dress to be someone else. They learn to talk to be someone else. They try to say things that are acceptable because they don't trust who they are inside. And nobody's going to like them. And so, wow. David was pretty good in his own skin. And I, I just want to challenge you. Be good in your own skin. God has a plan for your life, and David shows us that. He teaches us that. Number four, I must find a solution. You know, one of the things that I want to tell you is you can't just say, well, maybe the giant will go away. If you're going to live your whole life just kind of running away, going to a new place, finding a new relationship, getting a new friend, get, because you're just being pushed, pushed, but you're just, you can't face this and this and this, you're never going to solve and you're never going to slay the giant in your life. Verse 32. 
This is hilarious to me. I know, I see humor in the Bible no one else sees. I'm sorry. But this is David, this ruddy kid who is like a teenager who's about this tall. And, and he's coming to the king of Israel, Saul, who, if you know, the, the, when Saul became king, he's a big man. He's head and shoulders above most men in that culture. So he's a big guy. So he comes into King Saul. And verse 32, this is funny. He says, don't worry about a thing, David told Saul. I'll go fight this Philistine. I can just I can just see Saul standing there, who knows what he's wearing, if he's in his war garb or what, and this little kid comes in in his shepherd gown and his stick, and, and he's like, hey, man, I got this. Yeah, he's a big guy, but I'll take him. I'll take him. Yeah, you go sit down, have some wine, do whatever it is you do, because I got this covered, you know. Oh, Saul's like, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can go against this Philistine. You're only a boy. He's been in the army since he was a boy. But David persisted. Why? Why did he persist? I'll tell you what. I love that about David because he's not going to let this go. What, what is it that bugs you enough? What is it that gets under your skin enough that's on a spiritual tone that you just can't let it go? It just, you just have to get out there and make a difference. That's, you're representing the Lord of hosts. You're going to represent God Almighty. And I just can't let that go. There's a passion in me. I'm not going to sleep anymore until I get this resolved. David wouldn't let it go. I love this about him. Sometimes we have to make a decision and have resolved to get it done. You know, David made a decision, and that was really, I think, the beginning of the end for Goliath. Bonnie and I, we'll talk a lot about certain things in our lives if we're trying to make a decision, a wise decision about something in our lives. But there's one thing that's for sure. Once we decide to do something, we're going to do everything in our power to get it done. And I think David made a decision. And and for some of you, today is is decision day. In a little while, I'm going to invite you to come up here to this field, this battlefield, this valley right up here in the front and say, I'm going to face my giant today. And some of you will want to, but you'll be too afraid. You'll be intimidated. No, I've tried that before. If you're not going to make a decision, don't come up here later. Because sometimes slaying the giant means I will start with a willful decision, and I'm not going to let that go. David said, I'm going to keep this. I'm going after him. Number five, I may not do what has always been done. You know, solving your giant problem might mean you have to think differently. It might mean you need a different plan than you've ever had before. And Saul is trying to help David, but again, it's a funny picture. In verse 38, Then Saul, this big guy, gave David, this boy, his own personal armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. So he takes them off. You know what's funny to me about that? Is, can't you just see this huge helmet from this big man? This armor down him. And then it says he took a step or two. It's like he didn't walk around a little bit. He goes, cluck, cluck. Ah, I can't do this. Take these things off of me. And it took some time to get all that on him. It was a big deal. Armor was a big deal. See, Saul is desperate. Put yourself in, in Saul's position. I mean, if he sends a little boy out there to fight this giant, he's going to get smashed when Goliath smashes this little boy. How could a king send a kid out there to do this fighting? 
So Saul's wanting to protect him, put on the armor, but there's no one else willing to go. What should we do? David has this confidence in God. What a picture we have. This is what happens. That picture of David in that Saul's armor is the picture of what happens when we try to fight the giant in our own strength. You guys, David did not have the strength to beat up Goliath. He did not have the physical power or ability to do it. That's why when he fights him, he's not going to do it in his own strength. He's going to do it by the power that's in the name of the Lord Almighty. If you want to slay a giant today in your life, you are going to have to put yourself on a back burner. And you're going to have to have faith in a God who is much bigger than you are. Because you can't win this battle. And the first step to succeeding is to recognize that I cannot defeat Goliath in my own strength. We are the people of the Spirit. And it's the Spirit man that cries out to defeat the giants in our lives. But so often the flesh grows bigger than the Spirit man. And we walk around in flesh rather than in spirit. And we don't have spiritual eyes. And we don't have spiritual discernment. And we're not a warrior in the Spirit realm. And I think God wants to open us up today to have a new understanding of what it means to let the spirit man out. Saul, by the way, died in his own armor. If you want to look way ahead, it's 1 Samuel 31, verse 8. They found Saul turned over, and the Bible says they stripped him of his armor. And it was just a little, there was some irony in that for me, that Saul's armor couldn't protect himself. It certainly couldn't have protected David. But God has what we need to fight the giants. Let's go on. Number six, I will face rejection. You know, if I'm going to fight the giant, I better know that it's going to be intimidating. And I'm going to have to really lean hard to trust God or I can't win. Verse 41, Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. He was he was ticked off right here. Am I a dog? And by the way, that's like the lowest insult in this time and culture. They didn't have like pets like we do. He's saying, am I the lowest form, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? Probably a shepherd's stick. He cursed David by the names of his gods. That's another mistake. Come over here. I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Goliath yelled at him. You know, the giants in your life will always roar at you. One of the first times I remember, I was at a zoo as a kid. I don't know how old I was, and I may have been to the zoo multiple times, but I had never heard a lion roar like this time at the zoo. Something was going on with the lions. I don't know what, but that lion roared, and I heard it clear across the park. And he kept roaring and kept roaring, and I didn't even want to move in that direction. How many of you have ever heard a lion roar loud? It's, it's unbelievable. That's your giant. The Bible actually says that the enemy comes in like a roaring lion. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. What does that mean? It means there's something of faith, of spirit man, that isn't part of the flesh. I don't have to be macho or tough guy. I don't have to work out and make sure I can take Goliath on. Because I have God. That's the only way I can destroy giants in my life. Number seven, 
I will face giant-sized challenges. Boy, David bites back. And this is interesting what he says. He shouts a reply. Verse 45, he says, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. In other words, these, these physical things that you think you're cool with and you're tough with. But I don't want those. I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. I told you it was a big mistake. Today the Lord will conquer you. Then he gets on a little roll here. He's enjoying this. This is the spirit man talking. And I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Notice his motive. He didn't say the whole world will know who I am. He said, they will know that there is a God in Israel, and everyone will know that the Lord does not need weapons to rescue his people. It is his battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. As, a, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David, here's that verse, quickly ran out to meet him. <laughs> Just, here's the picture. By the way, this is a real slingshot. This is from Peru. Gwynny Kovac gave this to me. And those Highland shepherds up there, they give them to their kids and learn how to use them when they're four years old. It's one of their best weapons. And I believe David was very good at this. Matter of fact, I've gotten pretty good with this. I've got five stones laying. I need five volunteers. We're just going to run you down the middle aisle here. (laughs) What a picture. You see, what you have in you with the Spirit of God is bigger than all this metal. And David knew it. And he ran. You know why he ran? He ran because he was excited to see God win. I believe the Bible says he hit, he hit Goliath right in the forehead with a stone. And I don't think it killed Goliath. The Bible actually does say, if you keep reading, that then David ran over to Goliath, pulled out his sword, and killed him with it. So it probably knocked him out. And David needed to hustle. Because he didn't want that giant waking back up. And that's something that we need to talk about for a second. Sometimes we get pretty good at giving a one-two punch to our giant. But we refuse to cut off his head. Now I want to tell you something. We're in a grace culture. This is very important what I'm saying. That's for me too. We're in a grace culture and we say, you know, you'll probably struggle with that your whole life. You'll be tempted with that your whole life. And just be patient with yourself. That's true of some things. You may have a personality, a tendency towards certain things in your life that you struggle with. But there are some giants. Hear me. There are some giants in your life that can get their head cut off and you will never have to fight them again. It's the power of God in you that has the faith to say, I will be what the Bible calls an overcomer. I will conquer this. I will cut the head off of this giant and it will not impact me anymore for the rest of my life. It is dead to me. 
Amen. I want you to believe it and I want you to act on it. Because David said, I'm sick of this. I have lived with this long enough. Forty days, I've had it. You're going down. And it was in the name of the Lord. He believed the voice of God more than the voice of his giant. This isn't a time to just take another run at it. This is time to run to the battle. One last thing. These lessons learned. I'm going to bullet through these and then I want to have our moment of prayer here. Lessons learned. What what are some takeaways from today? I'm going to say them real quick. Ready? Number one, be you. David took Saul's armor off because it wasn't his. It wasn't how he was wired. It wasn't what God was asking him to do. I want you to fully engage in being who you are. God loves you, and he made you for purpose. Number two, do not let others discourage you. You hold on to the promise of God. And there's a lot of naysayers who try to chase you down and push you back into that corner. No way. You walk away from those voices. Number three, get involved with solving the problem. Get your eyes off of he said, she said, who's to blame, why am I there, why am I having this problem, blah, 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 blah. Get in there and solve the problem. David said, I'll take him on. I trust God. And number four, face the giant. It's when you face the giant in your life that you will be able to have victory. Why? Because it's not you. It's the Lord of hosts that is talking to you and challenging you. I'm going to ask you to stand, please, if you're able. I'm going to ask no one to leave the room for just a second. This is a really critical moment for us as a church. We're going to be seated again in a minute, but, but I want to facilitate the ability for people to come down here to the battlefield. I want you to envision your giant right up here yelling and mocking at you. Again, this may not be sin. It might not be disobedience. It might just be something that's winning too much in your life. And I'm going to, we're going to sing a song. And the minute Holly starts leading us in this song, I'm going to ask you to run to the battle. And I don't mean you have to run. You might hurt somebody. Okay, but I'm going to ask those of you that are serious about facing this giant. This, is a, this could be the big moment of your year. When you slay a giant in your life that's been taunting you for months or even years, today's the day. I feel passionate about this. And then I want to pray over everybody that's up here. We're going to pray as a church. We're going to slay the giant. And then we're going to send you back to your seat and wrap up. Holly, lead us in a song. Prayer team, come now. The rest of you who know you want to slay this giant, come on, get down here right now. Come as close as you can. We need the room. Come right on down here. God is able. Yes, He is. He will never fail. You can come as couples. You can come as friends. He if you know someone's struggling, bring them with you. God, greater than all we see. Greater than all we ask. He has done right on great things. Right on up close. God is with us. God is on us. I want you to help me pray. I want you guys to know that right now you're looking your giant in the face. And 
and uh, you've let it win, but this giant no longer can win. And it's not you because you're stronger or you're going to try harder. That's not it. This is about the God that you serve having more power than the giant. And so that's how we're going to pray. And I want you to release faith to take this giant and to slay it and to cut off its head so that it cannot chase you back to your chair later. Okay? We're going to leave it here at the altar. Church, would you pray with me? Would you pray in agreement? Stretch a hand if you're comfortable just toward these right now. And let's just say, God, do what God does. Lord, we come to you in the mighty name. The the Lord of hosts. The Lord Almighty. The name that is above every name. And it's not in our power or our strength that we slay this giant today. But it's in the mighty name of Jesus. Let faith arise and let us take that sword. And let us slay this giant. We place it on the altar. And we say, God, you are bigger than this giant. We give this to you. You slay it. We cannot. We've tried. Free us. Father, I pray for anyone standing right here today who has a disease in their body. And it's a giant in their life. I pray for anyone who has cancer. I pray for any disease. I pray, God, that you will sin new blood into their body, that you will bring healing into their body, that they will understand the power in which you are touching them right now for fear, for anxiety for hatred, for lust for greed, for grumbling I pray God that you will adjust our attitudes today and we will slay those giants that hold us back and make us feel small I pray against the insecurity and the inferiority I pray God that we would fully understand you have equipped us to be the sons and daughters of God. Wow. Lord, we thank you. We receive it. You guys, just just receive it by faith and see your giant dead on the ground right here in front of you. Just picture it. That giant is dead. God has given you strength. God is going to help you through the journey. you believe it? Let's sing this chorus, Holly, as you guys go back to your seats. Hey, let's let these people know we love them up here. We're, we're proud of you. Amen. God bless you. He defeated the grave. from your heart. Come on. Say, figure out how much you make in a day and, and give it 
so far over $120,000 has come in in that offering. And I just, I thank God for that.